0: What's going down, podcast listener? Welcome back to the Symbiosis Now podcast. I'm Tyler Colombaro and I'm the host of the show. And on this show, we like to stimulate the conversation. Maybe start a little conversation as like a little seedling, you know, and keep fertilizing it with more conversation until it becomes this huge, ginormous, healthy-looking plant that's ready to bear fruit. And that fruit is our acceptance of our world around us, folks. It's crazy times right about now. And what we need to do is obviously come more together. We are all connected whether we realize it or not. And that is what this podcast is all about. That is what the definition of symbiosis essentially is, is that we need each other and we use each other to get to a better place. We help each other to get to a better place. So to help us do that on this episode of the podcast, we have Ryan Castile, a good friend of mine. We go way, way back. He has been in recovery and he has been in training to become a pastor over the last five years or so, he's become very dedicated to God um, in the biblical sense. So I'm going to ask him a bunch of questions about the Bible. You know how it goes. We're going to tell a bunch of crazy stories, I'm sure. And I'm sure we're going to end up shifting into mental health and how that is a serious dilemma in our society right now, given school shootings, given the pandemic we went through, you whatever. We're, we're not doing too hot, apparently, in the West. We got a lot of mental health problems, and I'm sure me and Ryan are going to talk about that. So sit tight, folks. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and do all that fancy-pantsy bullshit, and journey with us into the yonder of conversation with Ryan Castile on the Symbiosis Now podcast.
1: Yeah, man, we just chilling with my folks, man, you know what I mean? Having a little fun while we taking a little 15, 20-minute break from the Ujo. You know, kind of making a reoccurring piece of what I'm going through in my recovery program. Yeah, you know now that we're a closed group, we've been through the first step and uh, working on the second step now, and just kind of just to touch base so people know what a recovery group is. I guess that was the the main focus of why I why I wanted to talk about it because we both have been through one, you know, and on two different spectrums, you know. So I I just wanted to talk about that in brief detail just because i you know going into it i was like man this sounds crazy basically because you know you all the jokes in media about hi my name is ryan so you're talking you
0: about AA, A- alcohol anonymous
1: for for yeah that's the jokes all about it but you know there's more than just alcohol is anonymous that's just the most you know known one and there, Wait, when
0: you talk about recovery, I guess is what you mean. Like that's yeah,
1: because there's celebrate recovery too, which is another uh, a Christian bit, a backed one too. I've seen that. Uh, and then there's what I'm going through is regeneration. You know, and so, and there's even more than that. You know, there's uh, you know regeneration actually started because a guy was a pastor and was struggling with porn addiction, and was like, hey, I gotta go. Get this fixed because it's a problem. And he went to a group. It was funny. It was crazy hearing it, you know. He went to a group, and and there were some people from his church there, and they're like, "Hey, you come to you know check in on it." And he's like, "You know, I had to make a split decision in that moment. Do I confess or do I you know play it off as I'm here to check it out for someone you know for the church?" Yeah. And you know, he's like, "I had to made the luckily I made the right decision and just you know owned up to my." My problem, and and you know, he's like, I was so fearful, and that's what I'm loving about the recover group is that there's things that when you talk about them in in uh, you know outside settings that either you get shamed for them or people just accept them and they're like, dude, it's not a problem at all. <laughs> I'm like, dude, no, this is eating away at me. That's really you know?
0: something <laughs> that you just said right there. Uh-huh.
1: You're right. I and, agree. And the guy said he was he was shocked because uh, there was like four people it sounded like there's a group of them yeah and they're like you know what they, they just embraced him and accepted him yeah and he was like it took so much weight off of my shoulders because as you know as a, as a pastor that's you know you never you don't want to hear the pastor's problems yeah you know you want to see him as this icon or i don't want to say idol but you want to see him as, as a man of integrity and he he's supposed to be though yeah, and he is, but owning up to it is part of that intake. That
0: is. It's a part of the character building and, in his life.
1: And so so that was just something that I had never heard of before. Yeah. Uh, and just, you know, at first, the, you know, getting into the group, I've been in it. We finally got in the closed group. It's been a month and a, a, a quarter. And I've been doing this, though, since, uh, I want to say, December. Yeah. You know, it took forever that for us to get a closed right. group because— uh, guys just do not want to talk about their problems and so it took us you know here and there we would drop some guys and then gain some guys drop some guys and so it took us about what we, like four months dude so like your aa group is what you're saying or you're like
0: celebrate recovery what were you consider it it's just like I, it's people a, it's regeneration like, okay and, uh, and so like most of these guys that you round up they come once and then they talk about other what, what's going on, so what, what I, their, when it's their open ills,
1: what, whatever their ills are, kind of. So when it's open group, yes. Uh, we start out, you know, typical. you know, my, Well, we, we go, and because it's Christian-based, we go in and we do three worship songs. We usually watch a video of a worship song, and then we hear testimonies about other people. So this this thing started in Watermark uh, Church in, I think, it's Dallas or Houston, Texas or maybe even Austin, one of the big cities in Texas. uh, And we hear a testimony usually from them or from Fresno. Uh, The Wells is the one that kind of organizes this, if you've ever heard the Well Church. Uh, And so we're an outshoot of, I guess, the Fresno one is what it sounds like in Kingsburg. For sure. And uh, so every Monday night at 6 or I think 6.30, we, we start and then do that, do that, do that. And then once we're done with the the huge group event then we go either into our closed groups which is for us i think we got 10 guys that come every week every monday or this this last week we had a holiday so we did memorial day and didn't go yeah Uh, so we meet and we talk about it like you know you know there's groundwork is what the open group is where you're trying to fit fill out who's gonna who's committed to this Who's truly committed. And that usually takes four to six weeks. But because, like I said, we couldn't find a huge group of committed guys. Uh, we didn't start for four months almost. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe even five. Dude, I, I lost track because it's, it's so helpful. It's been so helpful to understand that you have a place of fellowship and a place of, you know, there's there's no judgment. There's no condemnation. There's people that are actually talking about the problems and trying to get it fixed. Even though it may take some of those guys, you know, you hear, same problem. I mean, I got the same problem coming up usually too. and But we're working through it together and we're trying to work together. It really feels like a real church. Like this is what church is supposed to yeah, be like always. And But sometimes church gets distracted by what's going on in the world and what's yeah. going on with life. and with the know, tithe jar become... coming around. No, I'm
0: just kidding. <laughs> hey, no, Maybe one think about
1: it. No, no, seriously, that is <laughs> a problem in some churches. In some churches, it that's is. a problem. Oh, they'll, yeah. they'll have like four or five tithes. Hey,
0: and... it's not all churches, but, it's, but no, it yeah. is quite a few of them. It <laughs> is.
1: There is a problem with that. Uh, so I'm not going to say there isn't, but... Yeah, something but, yeah. about that is a
0: different different vibe. Uh, but, but definitely, like, it sounds like uh, getting men or people together to talk about what their ills are is not very easy because most people don't want to talk about it. They, Cause once they talk about it, like you were saying, it's actualized. Yeah. It's actually real now. Mm-hmm. You, that means you're, you're either saying you have a problem with this and you need to fix it. Or you're mm-hmm. saying that you do this, at least you're admitting to it somehow. And everyone knows that in, in usual therapy, like admitting or acknowledging that something needs to change is the first step. Right. Yeah. But it's also <laughs> like literally the first step because otherwise you're just kind of showing up to meetings and, and listening to people, like I think everyone that goes to those meetings has something that they need to talk about. Mm -hmm. Whether they talk or not is another story. And everybody's got a different story. They got another problem. Or maybe it's a different problem every couple months. It might be Mm -hmm. different than like you said, the same problem for a long period of time. Everybody's different. But I can imagine when you actually do open up and you tell all the homies about how you feel and you tell someone, even if it's not at this group, when you tell someone, hey, I do this. It's a problem. Yeah. Like it's like this, not only like vulnerable, but like this really critical, f- like stage of communicating who you are and what you do and what you like, either like or don't like, or yeah. something about you that no one knows. The dark parts of you, maybe that no one ever has heard you say out loud. Mm-hmm. That somehow is valuable for sure. That's valuable stuff. That's like that rare um, exchange that's coming out of someone for mm-hmm. a change. And then there's always, I think, growth that comes with that. But it depends, right?
1: Yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah. I, I think what makes it good, and I don't know how AA is or how Celebrate Recovery is or how any recovery group is other than regeneration. And if, uh, there's there's not much communication after the fact. which sometimes, you know, you feel as a hindrance, or you could feel at least me. Um, I feel like, man, you know, I want to you know help this person out but you have to realize what your place in it you know I'm, I'm not a counselor I'm not someone that's licensed to do that I'm not someone that is in that position even though I'm coming here yeah. as someone that is in the same position as the guy next to me and that that is we have a problem we've acknowledged that we have a problem and that's why we're here to try to talk about that and maybe get some insight from the book work we do at home yeah cuz m- mind you we're doing this and we're going through a whole book at the same time workbook of like all these questions um so like just the ability to admit was the first step uh to admit like you said you know you got to admit that you have problems so it asks a bunch of questions like what caused you the problems or like you had this happen to you how did that make you feel what was your reaction and then it gives you some guidance of scripture of like maybe this is how you like where you could go this is what God talks about himself about this is what Uh, the Bible says for us to do and you know we're trying to get you to understand because a lot of people that come aren't believers too. Yeah. Like these it's not just for the non-believer but it is definitely for the one searching. Yeah. Definitely for the one searching. I mean we had two guys that you know have well one now that's there that has you know accepted Christ in the midst of this. You know not with us here but because he was with someone there you know he started going to church because he realized the benefit that he was having from it. So so it's it becomes a fellowship, like a true fellowship of, you know, these guys are there, and if I need to reach out, I can reach out to them. And, you know, we I messaged a few of them. You know, we get prayer cards, too, at the yeah. end of uh, thing Or beginning, we write down a prayer that we need, and we toss it into a pile in the middle. And, you know, at the end of the group meeting, we'll pick up the card, and, you know, that's who we should be praying for this week. You know, on top of if you're going to pray for other people, but it really gives you a guide, guiding line, and then try to message them. Just let them know that you're connected, and so it's it's really a like a real community, man, real tight. New, yeah, it sounds tight like tight it. it. sounds like a
0: like a little bit cooler than a lot of like you said churches and stuff because it's such a, a macro scale at at a church level versus it's more like a micro scale, yeah. like that you're you're dealing with each other and. Um, sharing mm-hmm. in spurts and it's like a microclimate versus mm-hmm. some like grandiose crowd of yeah. people because right?
1: even at the church you know the pastor's not uh you know talking about their problems they're like a teacher at school man they're not going to admit they're wrong most of the time they might uh, you know they might got a problem you know well then you got uh, you know some help you know that person's willing to help and admit things you know but most of the time most teachers didn't break character yeah, you know some sometimes no. I, like they the did want to did, break man. the fourth wall. The like good that. ones did. Yeah. The good ones did. We were talking about Hoeflinger before. I loved. I loved. Hoflinger. I loved having Hoeflinger.
0: Mister Hoeflinger, yeah. man, he would get so mad. At would certain he? shit. Yeah. Actually <laughs> yeah, Billy Ann Robertson, dude, yeah. I remember sophomore year, I was taking a history class. She sat right next to me. She would fall asleep like all the time in that class. Of all classes, a history class. Like, right. you know, there's a yeah. lot going on and this teacher was mean.
1: Especially whole thing. And, yeah, <laughs> he was kinda
0: of mean. He'd be loud. He'd talk like this, you know, like real loud. And he goes, Billy Ann Like he gets all mad, like, you know, and she wakes up all crazy and he's like, Am I gonna kick you out again? And that happens so many times, dude. Man, some crazy teacher's out there. But you're right. Like every now and then he would like break character. That teacher would break character just a little bit. Talk about his alpacas, how he'd farm (laughs) alpacas. And he'd talk about how, you know, when he was a kid, this is how it was or whatever, you know. Yeah. But even then, that's not breaking character. I mean like I'm saying like someone – like a teacher crying, saying like I'm I'm having a divorce or something. Like that's kind of rare that they break character in front of the class and just tell the whole class what the fuck's going on.
1: You know, yeah, I had that with Miss Bray. I was gonna say that's the only that person in, in my had head that i like, thinking the, about. The, um, same year, we had her the same year, but I think you had her like the class before me or something yeah. like that, or maybe is the day before. Yeah, uh, but yeah, she broke character a lot. I had a few teachers. I was always in the worst classes, though, man. So I was in a class full of people that really just pissed off the teachers or just wouldn't listen, and yeah. You know, so I saw a lot of character, a lot of teaching break because of it. Yeah, either in anger or sadness, or teachers that just really poured out their heart. Sometimes I I don't know. Yeah, I had a I had a close relationship with Wolfinger because I think because of football. He was a big football guy. He played football in college. Oh yeah. His son played football, uh, and then I loved history. So I I you know, uh, and so having him, I I got to see a lot of different sides of him. And I took him during summer school even so. I got to, like, experience a side... Summer school is a trip with teachers. I don't know. They still summer, have summer school. school yeah. They cut Allison's it off for or, summer school right now. Yeah, and and so that's a trip to have seen teachers there because they break character in a way that you don't usually see. Because it's summer school, so no
0: one cares or what. Well, like. it's like they're off-season, <laughs>
1: man, so they're not, like, yeah. fully in the game plan. They know it's shorter. They got to rush more. Yeah. Or they don't care as much. Yeah. So it's not as stringent and... Man, Technical. like, thinking about teachers,
0: though, is crazy, dude. Because, like, how many teachers there were that they were so... It's like times have changed. Teachers were really unique, I feel like, when I was growing up. I went to a weird school, though, like, in the mountains, right? I went to Dunlap. Mm-hmm. Um, and these teachers, like, they were something else, bro. They were, like, this cross between hippie and hardworking at a different time. Mm-hmm. And and slowly, as I got older, you know, you could see some younger people coming in and stuff. New wit, new generation. And, like, they're cool, too, but, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, times have been changing, bro. Like, I remember my uh, my kindergarten teacher used to wear, like, jean dresses and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. how hippie we're talking. Like, oh, yeah. and they'd be, like, the sweetest people. And, like, they'd have, like, these deep stories with these, like, look you in the eyes type of things. And there'd be, like, a lot of connection going on, you know. There's
1: a lot of character. Yeah.
0: And I feel like i don't not trying to say that doesn't exist now, mm-hmm. but everything's so sterile. I don't know how else to describe it. Like everything's so separated, even though we're all we're not segregated, but like we're somehow like divided, like you know, and like mm. mixed together. But yet there's so many rules, and you can't do this. And now we have these school shootings and these crazy things that make them everyone contemplate everything about public safety and, and whatnot. Yeah, you know, how do you feel about that? Because we've well, all heard about. I have a different background.
1: Them. I have a different background on that. You know, I we've got, all heard I about the, trained, shot, the I shootings. Got, I got trained to be the responder to that. Mm-hmm. So my mind is almost always in ready for an active shooter just and that's that's something that I'm learning is not normal like not a, for everyone yeah uh, no. go, going through uh, some VA stuff and trying to get claims in uh, listening to some uh, you know counselors and stuff that are trying to guide me for my VA claims I you know she, she mentioned that you know driving down the highway and you know thinking if this guy's gonna you know pull out in front of me or gonna do something crazy or you know going into a restaurant and you know making sure you know the exits making sure you know where like the safety zones are making sure you know like how to evacuate an area how to protect your family oh i and know stuff like that remember that like,
0: one concert i don't know what concert it was bro but we were hanging out at the end and there was just a sea of cups and shit and allison was like picking up cups oh yeah and she yeah, was down on just, the ground and this just, guy like, came up trying to do some pervy shit i wasn't watching yeah. and you came up and you were about to knock this fool out you're like what are you doing
2: <laughs> well,
0: yeah. and you weren't too violent but you were like what are you doing and this guy yeah. was like what are you talking about man and then he was trying to be all like nah man like yeah. you know and all stupid and you were like i'll fuck you up well, <laughs> stuff like, much
1: it, yeah i mean, I mean in that instance it was just you know being aware of the surroundings you could because it's the end of the snoop Dogg concert
0: well i remember you telling me that and too like i'm was, trained to do that sorry i flew off the handle yeah. like, you told me like i didn't mean to like get all protective but like that's what well, i well mean, yeah am trained for to do it's you know tra- like, that's you know, it's okay man. watching out i appreciate and stuff it. like that
1: <laughs> you know i because i'm always looking for whoever looks suspicious but and not yeah. like I hate using that word because, you know, it's not a, it's not a good enough example of yeah. to, to use that word in, in plain English because it, it's like knowing your surroundings. Like in that case, guy was watching and looking and, you know, trying to help and she's ignoring you. And, you know, there's been many times where it was clear as day and I, I think over three or four times and, you know, I was just like, hey, it's okay. And then he... He, you know tries to say oh no i'm helping her i'm like dude she's my friend <laughs> like i actually know her like she's okay because i had asked her too and then you pulled out and the brass
0: knuckles bro and you <laughs> <be> like, no <laughs> i'm just, <kidding. laughs> I'm just you kidding.
1: Know, the most surprising thing is that the cops are like watching the whole thing and didn't yeah. do anything
0: and the cops often <laughs> do man it's kind of wild dude. is like, that really
1: dude i not that was not me as a cop i just i saw something and did something you know yeah i feel like they so. they,
0: they watch until they have to do
1: something Maybe I don't know, man. I.
0: I mean, it depends, but I think now too, specifically because, you know, everyone's on Cop Watch now. They'll pull out their phone on your ass, like they, it, they yeah, have to be yeah. kind. They're I mean, like, no, I'm sure every cop is pretty nervous to make a move at all because they're like, yeah. dude, no matter what I do, I'm gonna be on camera. I'm gonna be, you know, made fun of and possibly yeah. humiliated or my job in jeopardy because of just doing trying to do my job. It's a different world than it yeah. used to be, I, but I, it I, also kind I, of validates that in a way that we forget that the police are the gang to fight off the gangs mm-hmm. right we're the that's the governmentally sanctioned publicly backed gang that we're cool with in having a sense, guns yeah. and shooting you know what so i mean so is the military in that sense then. that's yeah. the that's daddy right there like right yeah that's a big papa. brother yeah that's papa <laughs> brother right there like. yeah no
1: no i i've had that situation of going into i got called to literally first i would so before shift we would have what our we called our guard guard mount. So we just have our briefing of what's going on, who to look out for, if there's any vehicles or people that we should be looking out for, and you know what's. And then we choose like one objective of the day. And for some reason that day we chose lethal force, or we chose levels of force. And so like the whole thing going up, you know, in our before we go out, and they're just like, do not use deadly force do not use uh show of force do not and like they're like we don't want to get into that situation so just try not to get in that situation and like i think we had just finished and i was all loaded and ready to go and usually we have like 10 15 minutes before we need to get on the road after that and i think like literally it broke off and i have my radio on and it's like boop, 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 boop. we got a, a possible possible break in and I'm like, oh, crap. And they're like, they say my area, and I'm like, oh, that's me. Okay, well, I got to go, I guess. And I'm like, who's on scene? They're like, no one. You're going by yourself. And I'm like, oh, great. It's just the start of shift. It's night time, and there is a break-in. And we just went over, you know, use of force. And so I'm just thinking, oh, man, dude, I got to use my gun. all the whole way there. And luckily, you know, we had a, a traffic unit. So we, we were split up in traffic, uh, regular unit, and uh K9 unit. And so the traffic usually never goes to calls but because it was a you know high priority call they came and the guy just was like I'm going to go check around back in case so he left me and I'm going through the front door and we just went over this so my whole mind is like do I use my gun? Do I use my gun? Do I use my gun? I was like I don't the know whole way there. the whole the whole Dang. time I'm in there I'm like do I use my gun? I'm like I'm not even going to pull it out. I'll just I'll just put my hand near it cuz even putting even putting your hand on it is considered use of force that's uh intent to use deadly force yeah that makes sense and so i was like i don't even want to touch my gun but i'm like dude in in a situation if i was at home uh and i thought someone was breaking in my gun would be out i would be on red ready to fire (laughs) you know and so so i'm going against my natural nature of what to do because i'm not not trained enough in that you know i'd still like first year in you know and not trained enough you know luckily it was nothing literally nothing but i couldn't tell because i was like do i turn on the light do i give away my position do i speak too loud do like all these things that run through your head you know and and luckily it was nothing it was literally a balloon on the ceiling and come to think of it i'm like dude this That's guy hilarious. like laving it this is how like you know i was like hate the world kind of in a situation I left thinking man this guy freaking got my heart rate up got me all freaked out and like for years I was thinking this like it's so mad at him and then I got out and I went to Reedley College got into the vet club and started doing that and working with other vets and then I'm realizing you know I'm having a change of heart I'm like dude this guy was probably in this huge PTSD moment freaking out because he's got to protect his family and he's probably having a flashback to be honest because thinking of what the balloon sounded like it literally sounded like gunshots i'm like this guy was probably freaking out like that and so those are scenarios you come into as you know from a cop's mindset and from the person calling i mean these are all military guys on base that call so like i'm like dude you guys (laughs) as a military guy you guys should be able to handle this and he was really worried about it too actually he's like this isn't gonna go like on a report to my unit like he was like scared he was gonna get called a weakling and i'm like dude that's how wow, far yeah. we've broken down and that's that, that gives you a tell of the military too because we're all just joking around trying to as we say embrace the suck uh because we all hate it shit but there's no one that really likes being in the military other than <laughs> the people that are getting ahead in the military okay
0: so like we we're talking about that and we we're also uh-huh. just talking about law enforcement in general mm-hmm. and
1: like is that a common theme
0: across law enforcement in general then um maybe because once in, you're in you, yeah. you don't want to get out like it's like being in a gang, like I hate yeah, to like say that, but like, really you know, you once you're in, you're blood in, blood out, so I'm like, you know, you're <laughs> supposed to not just leave, like, you know, you're supposed to be down for life.
1: Yeah, I know a few, you know, I can't say a huge, huge amount on, on how civilian side is because it is a lot different. Yeah. Um, they go to a lot more calls, they have a lot more leniency, like I literally had to make a report on everything and it had to be like this spit and span report and like. From the civilian side that I've talked to, they they make them, but it's not like you don't have to make a report on going to a dog dog disturbance. They can
0: alter the report a little bit and just oh, but I, no. I think I remember <laughs> no. it this way, right? I'm like, <laughs> not
1: necessarily like that, but there, <laughs> that is, some that are, there is some there is something like for that. Sure I've, been, I, I've been in situations where it's like, hey, you're gonna vouch for me, you know? But but it wasn't like a you know easily. I realized in those moments, it's like easily they could lie for me if I wanted them to, yeah. and I'm like, this is the report that would go out, and they would be two police officers yeah. against one civilian and if i you know and the, luckily i didn't like i said i lucked out man when i was in i didn't have too much crazy experiences uh but you know my friends did all of them did yeah <laughs> so so you know one of my buddies after i got out uh it was crazy how time works man i called him like a week after it. he had just been in a shooting and some guys were shooting up from their house and he had to go to the call and I'm just like dude that's crazy to think of how close I could have been to those and then how much my friends have seen yeah and to and it also gives me that understanding of what these cops go through but I mean it's tough I mean for the cops you hear the stories though man because there is there is both sides of it man there's there's the cops that are trying to do the good and are doing things by the rules and then there's the cops that are literally out there just for their own fulfillment yeah you know and so it's tough. So the active shooter, though, I mean. Yeah, we yeah, were talking like, about, yeah, yeah I'd asked you about the shooting. That's though, like an like everyday thing for me. So I, to me, it's just like I'm always waiting for it to happen in a way. And I know that's not normal, uh, but it is very normal uh, among military guys. Uh, law enforcement, too. I've talked to them. And now,
0: like, it shouldn't be normalized that, like, uh, like my wife's an a instructional aide,
1: instructional uh-huh. assistant, right? Like,
0: should she have to worry about that?
1: Like, you know? I don't know, man. I had a situation like, like how that. you think
0: about like someone coming in the door, and like she might now think about I, that every day yeah. while she's there. I had this. You know?
1: I had that happen to me while we were uh, while I was doing after school program. Uh, a parent came on campus that wasn't uh, a guardian or wasn't allowed to have the kid.
0: Was he drunk?
1: She, she was drunk. Yeah, yeah. Of course she was disoriented. Uh, I'm
0: getting my child. Yeah,
1: and the kids had their cell phones. You know, this is what technology does to us. The kid, the younger kid. I mean, this was like a second grader, first grader had his phone and just texting his mom. Yeah, I'm here. And I had the brother in my. Actually, now that I think about, it, they're both in. We had a divider in our room. They're both in the room. So I had the younger was on the other divider with another teacher, and I was with the older and. And, yeah, dude, the fight or flight kicked in for active shooter because no one told me anything. Yeah. I think a lot of it is, dude, you have to be aware. And not being aware, not being instructed, not being – because I think in the world that we live in, teachers, no matter where you work, should always know about active shooters and should be trained on it, just, just quality of life. If you're not, you're going to get into situations where kids are going to be more of put into a threat position than they are not. Like, the story that I heard uh, from the shooter was uh, that some kids got told, one of the kids said it, got told to say where their location was by the cops. The cop said, hey, tell me where you are. And, you know, now that I just thought of it, maybe it wasn't even a cop, maybe it was a shooter. Uh, But but one of the kids had come out and said that and said, you know, they gave away their position. Some of their kids got shot. Some of their classmates got shot because of it. And I was like, dude, that is like the rookie mistake. When you're in an active shooter, you're told to be quiet, to keep concealed, and you know, if you can find an alley to get out, once you like can understand where the location of the shooter is, then you make that alley. And as a as a a cop, we were never trained to survive, to you know, protect the kids in a sense. We were never trained that. We were trained go straight to find the shooter. You don't. You don't. You don't worry about the kids. You know, if you can get them out, get them out. But if you have a group running <laughs> towards you, you don't worry about the kids. You look for the shooter. You tell the kids just go. You know, and in that situation, totally. I felt that was a that was a bad decision by that, that police officer. Because, elaborate. What did he do? Well, like I said, he you know he if it was a police officer, because like I said, I just thought of it right now. He easily could have been the shooter that just said that, and the kid just didn't wasn't aware. The, you oh, know, you mean situation. giving away the location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I situa- yeah. yeah, mean, you know, because you go in the situation, you see where the kids are, and it sounded like the cop knew where the guy was. And so, you know, or no, actually, he had asked, where's the guy? And he said, and he said, give away your, you know, tell me where you are so I know where you are. But it was like, dude, you don't. So you're saying like in your like expertise,
0: you know, like <laughs> this cop was – the cops in general were supposed to just fucking get the guy down the guy in a way right a way. because like i mean you can't necessarily um you know throw a flak jacket to all the kids in this moment no, right like you no. and you can't like just cover them with the blanket of flak jacket. like so no. it's like they're on their own sadly in this moment with this shooter fucking walking around shooting whatever doors open yeah. whatever well, i feel like whatever i'm looking for i mean just saying though like i get that they couldn't necessarily save all the kids like that yeah but you're saying that they're supposed to go and basically my Take train. out the shooter. Is for my training, what we were we were trained
1: to annihilate the threat. Yeah, stop and, the threat. Um, yeah, but in a in a sense, man, you know these kids aren't alone, man. You're also looking at it. You got to look at it as a situation where you're walking into a building, and you know what the intent of the guy is. That's the best thing for you. The intent of this guy is to hurt as many people as he can. So it's not just shooting willy nilly. Yeah. Like if you know, if you looked at any active shooter. Um,
0: anyone specifically like you're not looking for someone specifically well any any of
1: the shooters they've all been targeting you know what whatever it is targeting mass people or targeting groups because we've had that now where you know the El Paso shooting or the recent one was it Virginia just recently they're targeting certain you know I think it was both Hispanics if I remember correctly and and you know so there is targeting but there's always targeting it's always how many people can I shoot and you know whoever's in my field of view yeah and so you know right then if you're near a lot of people then you most likely are near the shooter because they're looking for for people to shoot they're not looking and if they're not looking for people to shoot then they're looking to get shot right like those are the two reasons that an active shooter happens they're looking to hurt people and to end their lives because they've had enough of all this anger all this hate, yeah, you take know? some lives with them, type of shit, almost.
0: Well, right? take some lives moment.
1: with them because they're they because they their know lives. they're going out at the well, end. They Most their of lives, the time, yeah. did
0: they though? Did this guy get shot? This
1: last one, I thought he did. Yeah, yeah. the two because I know there's
0: been situations like that guy that just pulled up at that market, popped out his car, had like the live Twitch feed of it looking like Call of Duty from a barrel point dot top top, killing people I
1: don't don't really pay attention to the news no I don't either but I mean
0: I've heard about all these things right like you know I feel like I'm not well enough versed with the Uvalde shooting even really but and technically it's like that's not even what the school was called that's the town it was in right so but the point is is we all know the shooting everyone's pretty much aware of it it's national news the reality is though is that I also think that when these things happen are you talking about the Sacramento one in the in no, the, it the shopping t- center? Uh I don't know. But I'm just saying like with the with this specific shooting in Uvalde, Texas, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of things that apparently people are unhappy with. They feel like some of the, the, the law enforcement didn't do enough. That's but like I, mean. I feel like I'm circling back to what you're saying is like their job was to annihilate the threat. They don't necessarily can't just like
1: well, that's uh, not...
0: float all these kids out the classroom or helicopter not, them out I'm of the right, classroom I'm not saying that their
1: job was that. I'm not saying that their job was that. What what I was trained in was different. They, they probably were trained in a way different way. Because mind you, I worked on a post. I mean, it was the, the biggest But at that post. point, they should
0: have had like SWAT team and like some higher law grade of law enforcement. You could have, but, that but that we place, don't know right? what
1: they were uh, entailed in doing, mm-hmm. you know. We did have an active shooter on my post, and I can tell you, you know, we called up SWAT team, which is our SRT in the Army Special re- Response Team. Wow. It's our SWAT team. Yeah, um, And, you know, a lot of my buddies were on that team, and they got you know, swiftly taken, but we're military. We're training those tactics all the time. And right. like, that's our normal. And common law enforcement a, is not. That's not. No, you would be, like have like a special tactics team for that. And mm-hmm. which we still did in the military, but we're all also Well, why wouldn't they send guys.
0: those though to an active shooter?
1: They probably, in the law they, enforcement, well, like I don't, public I didn't pay like attention that. to the reading, so I'm not going to say they didn't. Civilian setting like that. I'm not going to say they didn't. Yeah. They did send, border I'm sure there. They did, there, you know, they did some, was, some shit. That was the guy that shot him was a border patrol agent who was on response. Uh, to it, and I think he was actually off duty, is what I read. Well, hopefully, he didn't just clock in and like I'm gonna go to this school. That's fucked up. I, I would, I would. Like, I'm gonna get paid by the federal. If government. a civilian walks in with a gun and kills the guy, I don't care.
0: Oh, you mean the guy that took him out? I yeah, the, no, the guy, the guy that the took, guy that took that him, him out. No,
1: no, the border border patrol that sh- that took out the shooter.
0: Honestly, uh, that'd be pretty lit.
1: Well, that's why I they're take pushing. back what I
0: said. Yeah, that full clock in real quick. <laughs> right, I'm gonna go take this mofo out. Ta, 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 you know, well, but it's crazy, dude. Because now, like, it's it's it, this is a tragedy, right? We've had a lot of tragedies mm-hmm. happen in our life, especially in the United States over the last like 20 years, bro. We grew up in tragedies. But I mean, I think we've had like 700. The narratives like that. that come from the tragedies is where the story gets lost. Well, that's my my. And issue. now there's another push for us to ensue on something else change certain laws change certain things um, Mm -hmm. when I'm not saying we don't do those things but I'm definitely saying it all circles back in my opinion to mental health at a simple at a simple uh, thing to say Mm -hmm. and we're not taking enough
1: time to why are we pushing for this gun law and why aren't we right we need to
0: really address like everyone and I'm not like blanket like blanket all the kids like yo problems are are happening guys I think think
1: we we got problems but the kids ones were (laughs) I don't want to say kids yet yeah, because we haven't even figured out how to deal with adults why are we going to touch kids that are way more way i get you more, i'm just
0: saying there needs to be like more resources all this stuff and i don't know how to do all yeah. that i'm not a politician man i'm just saying though that it's interesting because it still circles back to the mental health problem and we got one
2: yeah, we, we got know. one clearly
0: and i think it's the, more nationwide but it's clearly in the first world it's becoming more of a problem yeah and it's strange because well, I mean, in the third world sense. you yeah. could say whatever you call that There's people that are like kamikaze themselves, whatever you want to call that, suicide bomb, blah, blah, blah. I mean
1: it's just – I think it's just as bad all around the world. But like –
0: exactly. But here it's a little different, right? It's more unique. But it's the same. But it's not over a religion or a martyr type vibe sometimes. It's for this different belief that they feel like they need to be the person to get revenge or to hit on the news because they want to take some people out. I don't know what people's reasoning is. I think it's because they're probably either having a psychotic break or I actually think that sometimes – people have been radicalized in a weird way through the internet shit (coughs) that everyone can wash their hands clean of because they were just looking for stuff on the internet. But at a certain point, some of those red flags should cue something. You know, I'm sure there was something that could have been evidence that would alarm someone about this guy. I mean,
1: okay, you could say that, but have you ever been on a lobby in any uh, first-person shooter? Have I been what? Ever in a lobby, like a gaming lobby in any first-person shooter? If we did that... Literally, almost ninety percent of the population that are in video games should be considered a mass murder. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you know, ready for it because you hear the chats, man. They're talking about wanting to kill you. I have a guy, you know, talking about my mom, and I'm like, dude, my mom's dead. It's like yeah. she's not even alive. And yeah. you know, goes further into it. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, dude, that person easily. If you, you met that person Bro. outside of the video <laughs> game world, yeah. you would think that person is is crazy and needs help. Yeah. And so you you can't. You Maybe you can label it blank, blankly and say, you know, maybe video games are a problem and should be a thing. Or you can, you know, address the other need is that these people are going to this outlet because they have no help. And that's how it was because, I don't know, apparently he did say some things on the video games is why I brought it up. Yeah, I saw that his friends were saying that he would joke about it. But like I said, how can you take that serious? Because everyone I've
0: ever heard on the platforms like that yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've heard it I've played live games bro someone
1: talking about fucking me
0: in the ass and it's like what are you gay bro and they're like what are you gay bro and then it's like this weird uh dynamic of weird topics yeah Mm -hmm. I know what you mean and it's a shit show and how can you take it seriously it's almost it's so ridiculous that we're living in a time where we don't even know what's true of course but I mean another shade of that like we don't I feel like we don't really know what a moral compass is really slowly. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we don't really know what it's like to tell if this well, person's okay or yeah. if they're tripping. Are they like off their rocker okay. or is it normal yeah. because it's okay to be off your rocker? Like I don't know, Not man. We're living in the, We're living in those times though where no, no one really are. knows anymore well, what that's normal it, is. That's right? what
1: happens when you blur the moral boundaries and yeah. you go into a world where we're in this evolution, <laughs> you know, or if you believe that. You know, when you believe in evolution, there is no God, there is no, there's nothing, so there is no moral compass. You have to have a moral compass or we're just created by nothing. And if nothing created us, then there is no care for this world. And so when we lose that moral compass, we lose that care for the person next to us. And that's why we don't, that's why it's really weird. If you hear any like pop star or any, you know, famous person coming to a small town I think, like, recently someone went to Clovis, one of I heard my wife talking about it, and the person, like, was like, I was shocked to have people waving and saying hi to me that I've never met. And it's like, that's, that used to be commonplace everywhere. Like, we lost that in the 70s, and, you know, as we started moving to this uh, person centric kind of belief of God, that we are God in a way, you know, and whether we, we say we are or not, but, you know, we say say it by our actions by you know saying that everything that i do is the only thing that matters becoming this uh first person matter and that's that's the different dynamic of first world countries versus third world countries is that they're still unit unified you know everything's communal and stuff and for first world countries everything's you know me 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 i i i i get this mm-hmm. you know it's a what is it? Consumer-based.
0: And maybe it's because most basic needs are met in a first-world setting versus a third-world setting. Like, the daily routine includes just trying to make your ends meet, like, at all, like, pretty much. Like, get yeah. get some water, like, you know, things well, like that, of, right? It's
1: a lot because of us, because of the first-world first countries, man. We I mean, hoard it,
0: and then we sell it. We're not hoarding it,
1: dude. We'll we sell it to you. We'll sell it all to you. We, we make them... Every last drop. We make them work for something. Like, they'll make... Like, just for instance, an iPod costs $100-something. The future,
0: like, there'll be an NFT of a pallet of water. Because water doesn't even <laughs> exist. But either. someone will buy it before yeah. they buy actual water. <laughs> That's the world we're no, going
1: yeah, towards, bro. But, like, it's, it's so... It's just you know selfish centered and i you know i'm i, yeah. mean, I have that problem that's that's why i may never yeah we grew, grew up because, in, because of this, of in this in yeah. this culture
0: too though yeah. like that taught us that that's normal and that's okay and it does, it won't erode your moral compass it won't do anything everything's fine just pay for everything that you can think of you have to buy it now you have to you know make a market for it and then you have to come up with ideas to figure your situation out constantly just to just to get by you know that's the world we grew up in man and uh, that's where we are now and it, and it makes sense that eventually the moral compass and the, the boundaries of, of normal society are kind of slowly eroding it makes sense mm-hmm. that it is sadly and we're watching yeah. it happen in like semi real time you know yeah because we see it through a screen a lot but we also see it in person if we're paying attention you can observe yeah I see you know. it all the time man. yeah
1: <laughs> but, but I'm very uh, I don't know, say you, sadly it's, it be, it's becoming a unique worldview. Where you where you look through the world in a biblical sense, uh, I don't see too many, you know. I I'm not, you know, going to church daily though, so I, I can't say it, you know. But, but what is someone
0: looking at the world view lens through anymore? What is their lens that they're looking
1: through it anymore? Self satisfaction is really I think the right? the, the desire in our some area.
0: sort, basically the classic old In the in our
1: area I would say because that's all I could you know, go off of the first country first world countries is You know, it's very uh, right here in the middle of
0: California, in the in the middle of the Central Valley of California. That's all we know.
1: (laughs) A lot of it, man. A lot of it. I mean, that's why farmers grow a lot of land. But that's, you know, I'm not I'm not subjugating everyone as that, or trying not to. But you know, that is a lot of it. A lot of it is coming for money and stuff like that. When you put, you know, the money in front of everything that. That skews your own moral compass because now you're you're taking away someone else's earnings. But, you know, some people give it, give it to others. They create opportunities. They create jobs. They, they do good for the world. And so I'm not talking necessarily about that, but there yeah. is a lot of people out there.
0: And then in the meantime, our gas prices skyrocket. You
1: have to pay for it to
0: get anywhere you got to go. And there'll become a point where it's like, oh, no, gas is like $30 a gallon, but water's like three hundred dollars a gallon and then you won't even want to buy gas anymore everything will only be about water because clean water is everything and we know that but we don't really know that because we're not taking it that seriously like you know I've, i feel like i should get a job in that in the water field fuck agriculture huh? i just need to get in the water specific science because i'm always thinking about it bro i feel like it's it's scary to think about like how we're living on the edge here in the central valley of california where we got a drought whatever you want to call it we're mm-hmm. running out of water right they're putting in more homes homes take more water than agriculture and everyone likes to blame the farmer but really homes take more water right. i mean i take a shower every day i run yeah. i run the dishwasher you know what i mean i'm a piece of shit. i I, dri- I run water to my plants all the time you know the reality is is there's a point where that water doesn't replenish fast enough you mm-hmm. there's nowhere to get it again and uh or it's contaminated which is a part of it too and a lot of it's lost like i have brought up a lot of times on the podcast a lot of that water gets lost in little vessels like plastic bottles and shit that are in landfills that have a little bit of water in all of them but as we like venture into the six dollar gallon gas normalcy because i really think five will be probably the normal amount of gas um, for, for I don't gas know. now I don't know i'm assuming that gone, i think that it's going to be like five is the new like one two dollar gas like you know it's like uh, the, the the inflation know, of it all during, and oh,
1: during Obama's time it went up pretty high but it just depends who we have in the office man really how that really how that goes but I think man. we entered
0: a new a new realm and then you can tell like our oil reserves aren't all just open anymore we we shut down Russia and all this stuff right mm-hmm. like it seems like it won't affect everything but it will right and also Russia does dealings with the non-democratic portion of the world and the democratic portion of the world's kind of small like we'd like to act like the world is like under police of the United States democracy and, and everyone else is trying to do the same thing. They're not. There's a lot of the world that they don't – it's socialist environment or it's literally like it's a dictatorship and there is no resources to go around. Like, you know what I mean? There's a lot of countries that are more like that. Mm-hmm. So they'll be like, hey, man, we can get gas from Russia for pretty cheap. Like they're, they're going to give them the business. They'll get the business still. They'll get the money yeah. and they'll, they'll sell the resources either way. But water is one of those things, bro. That without it, there is nothing. And I worry about it as I'm going to have a child because I think that our kids may have to think about it more towards the end of their life, the reality of it. Mm -hmm. And then that generation after that might have to deal with the coming of that precipice. Unless we implement things now, slowly, Mm -hmm. to somehow elongate our water system, to manage it better, right? I'm not saying we'll never have enough water. We just need to figure something out. And I think we could figure it out. If we're trying to go to space. If we're trying to do all this cool shit. We can figure out a, a way to always have clean water for pretty much everybody on on the planet. Mm-hmm. It sounds dramatic, but pretty much, right? It wouldn't be like that's number one, and we can't do that. Well, I, I have we can a... sell Wi-Fi to you and all this other shit, but like, yeah, we can't get wa- water to you for free at at a clean rate. I worldwide. think there's
1: always going to be a struggle with it, but that's me coming from a biblical mindset. We have these people uh-huh. in power. And the Bible talks about a drought coming. The Bible talks about uh-huh. this water drying up and how the world's gonna come into a famine and pestilence and all that's gonna come. So I uh-huh. I could see it happening. I could see it happening. And I don't know, I just I don't worry that far down the road, to yeah. be honest, man. I yeah. worry about what I'm doing today and I'll plan for tomorrow <laughs> and I'll yeah. plan for a week ahead, right. a month ahead. I just, but find... I just I think when I when I do that, that's when I start freaking myself out that's when I start being like, wow, dude, I don't know what is. And I think that's where a lot of people go into it and they become like this existential crisis of who am I in this world? What, what do I do in this world? And the, real, the realization that I had is that I can only do what I can do. I can rely on God and I can try to love the person next to me because I used to hate the world for so long and it got me nowhere. It put me into a place where I didn't want to live anymore. Put me in a place where I just hated everyone, even though I had friends. I just hated everyone. And it wasn't like that I hated my friends. It was just this world I thought I lived in was just so evil and I couldn't be living in it, you know. And then I was dealing with my own, you know, problems. I had that feeling before, so, for sure. So, but then I realized, you know, what what am I going to do? What what can I do? And I realized I can't do anything, man. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't create my life, man. I got my life given to me you know and i can only thank god for that and so i gotta move in that and if i'm thanking him then i better know his word and so i that's what really pushed me to life was in a way it was in a big way was you know searching the bible and being like okay if i can't do anything i know the one who can and i need to follow what he says and you know the other stuff it'll come and go and I, I could just try to help the person next to me day to day and you know sometimes I, I feel a lot worse you know because I'm not, not doing anything I'm very selfish and I'm just not being a productive person I feel I could be because I'm not listening to the voice of God and I'm just you know listening to my own heart and my own want and that consumerism and just like what can and I do And there's probably entertain- a balance
0: of that going on right because I feel like there's are obviously things that like God doesn't spoon feed you like you know, like you you were left to do a lot of the worldly things that apparently equate to the otherworldly, like you know, or whatever. Like they mm. connect, because like you you have to be the vessel, is what I'm saying. You actually have to live your life and do yeah. things while you're here, and you know. Well, what I mean? yeah, I'm not
1: saying that I can't do anything, not in that sense, but I'm saying like,
0: what's going down, podcast listener? I imagine that you drive a car when you're out and aboutin', you might even have a motorcycle per se. And I think that most people that live in the society we live in have a home of some sort. On those things, do you have insurance? That is my question to you. And if you do not, it seems like it's time to get you some. What are you doing out there listening to a podcast? Because if you are, at the same time simultaneously, you could be calling Alfredo Vargas over at Academy West Insurance to provide you with top-notch service. Give him a call at 559-638-3800. Do you not have a license? That doesn't seem to be a problem. He can set you up. Do I know how? I have no idea, but he can set you up. He claims to know. Are you anything like me, and when you were younger got into some trouble, had a DUI, and needed an SR-22 insurance? Maybe I hope not, but if you do, Alfredo Vargas over at Academy West Insurance can set you up with the free SR22. You can find Alfredo looking sharp in the suit on 998 North Manning Avenue in Reedley, California, or you can give him a jingle down there at the shop at 559-638-3800. Be sure to tell him that you heard about him on the Symbiosis Now podcast and he will set you up ASAP with all your insuring needs. Thank you, Alfredo, for sponsoring the podcast. And now, let's get back to the show, folks.
1: But in the sense, in in that rut that I was in, I was like, man, I'm overwhelmed with school. My pain is through the roof. I can't think straight. I'm having headaches constantly. And mine was a a huge physical toll because of just, I, I guess I just didn't treat my body right. I pushed through the things that I probably should have stopped and not pushed through. And so at that point, you know, and then, you know, I was marijuana, uh, you know, I was dealing with a pornography issue and just didn't line up. So which
0: would come first, bro? You like burn a ball and beat your dick or like would it go either way or at the same time burning a joint? Why does that matter? (laughs) It doesn't. I'm just kidding, bro. But yeah, Uh, Because the reality is, is like we all have these things that Mm -hmm. we like to use or do. And sometimes they coincide, and then sometimes we don't want to admit that, like we even have that problem or do that mm-hmm. at all. Like yeah. no, you know, porn's one of those things a lot of people don't like to talk about. I and think, everybody, I'm many sure, many has watched like porn. To.
1: I think too many people like to. The circles that I've seen, man. What like it's to talk about? To glorify. It? Yeah. And It's like, dude, that's not glorification of anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's destruction of many things. Yeah. And so talk
0: about it. Why is porn so destructive, bro? Because I I agree. I mean, I could see it fuck with my mind and shit in the past. It's a spiritual thing,
1: man. It's a spiritual thing when you're doing that, man. And what you're going for is this, like, longing through the heart. And when you're longing through the heart, that's all spiritual being. That's you and your spirit body that you're trying to satisfy. You can't find it. And then also, a lot of it, you're satisfying yourself to people who are just engaging in something that is... That's just not what we're made to do, man. It's not what humans are made to do. We're, we're made to, you know, reproduce and, you know, procreate with our loved one. But it, it, it's a special design for a loved one, man. I mean, and so that's hard for everyone to accept that. You, you really have to be a biblical mind to accept that part of it. But on, on top of it, man, just listen to any of these girls that have been in the industry. I mean, uh, Mia Khalifa did a great uh, documentary about her time during it, and she talked about it. And it blew my mind on hearing it because you don't hear about that stuff much. Yeah. That, you know, you don't get to hear their side of the story. And then also, you know, not just pornography is the problem, also the sex traffic and stuff like that. You know, that comes into play, too, because of, you know, the people that get enticed in into the pornography and how easily accessible it is. And I'm sure people would admit, even if they're not a super religious person, that there's demons involved in that. You know, there's people in those that are trying to hurt people. There's people, it is very violent. It's very uh, drastic and it's it's there to really encumber, encumber your your whole being. And when you're into anything like that, that's trying to do it and pull you in and just make you satisfy yourself, it's never going to be like a super good thing. Yeah. Because we're sp- we're we're here connected on this world, man. We yeah,
0: are, and then you could also look at it like, if, say, if someone doesn't look it through a biblical lens, like you're just sitting there beating your
1: dick with your hand.
0: Like that's what's happening. Like yeah. it's it's not something glorious where like you're actually fucking that chick or any of these things that our no. imagination takes over and fills in and that, the gap. Right? That comes
1: to the mental health too. Yeah. I mean, how many of these people are probably doing something that like that? in this that's why I said the video games. When you get into that imagination of like, oh, I'm killing this person or you know and i but maybe in those
0: situations they're using their imagination the entire time because they're killing people and stuff but they know it's not real at least right they know it's not real and then maybe like same me. thing with masturbation a little bit like you know it's not real but you're okay with it because you're you're almost turned on by the idea of the act at all you know what i mean it becomes this weird thing like you know i think with a lot of addictive things whatever you want to call it because most people like in recovery would consider they're addicted to something or they're uh, dependent upon something and that Mm. they need to break that chain right Mm. um i think that a lot of the times it's probably because i don't know man the chain is strong if you don't ever think about it like it's a problem and i think some things maybe some people think about as a problem too much and it can i've also seen that be their detriment with like oh no like they're more hard on themselves and doing nothing about it and then their mental health gets really fucked
1: Mm -hmm. because they're
0: trying to overcompensate and like get out of like say like watching porn all the time or you know masturbating all the time right beating their dick all the time in weird places nah i'm just kidding i don't know where i'm going with that (laughs) but like it when people start doing that they don't realize like oh, you know, I'm doing this a little too much. Oh, you know, I think that this is not for me to do all the time. Like it becomes just like I need to feel good. I need to feel pleasure. I need to get this nut out. And then I think it becomes this okaying of doing those things often. And then before you know it, society has this prefabricated design where you can just pick up your damn phone and just go find anything you want right now watch whatever you want you wanna watch hate fucking like you said you want to watch you want to watch anything gay shit whatever you can have access to it right now i have a laptop right here we could just google it and go you know it's almost diabolical you know to shut that off means you gotta like not have devices like you know if you're addicted to like you gotta have that none of the devices even yeah. almost or like you know you know your wife's gonna look at your browser history and she knows all the ways you could delete it and she'll find it so maybe that's enough but most of the time, I don't know if it is for people, man. You know,
1: en- enough to you know to get them to stop, like or to like get to, him, oh, to to get to, to, to stop. think
0: about not uh, just going on that site real quick to see Riley Reed get well, spanked by some big black dude's dick or some
1: shit. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's gonna be a temptation in it. Uh-huh. That's actually the, what the guy talked about uh, last night in his testimony. Uh-huh. Uh, He's going over twelve step, uh, which is regeneration, which is you know realizing that you are a new creation in God and that you don't have to do the things that brought you here. You can move on from it. Uh, And he, he talked about it. You know, he he said he hadn't had a a problem with his porn addiction for six years, but then just one day it just, you know, came to him and he's like, he had someone pray with him. He's like, I need I don't know what setting he was at work. It sounded like he was being a pastor because he is a pastor now. And But he was talking about that happening 15 years prior to the, uh-huh. him speaking that day. And he said, you know, I, I couldn't do it, couldn't do it. And he's like, even after prayer, I wanted to still do it. And so he had, he said, I had to drive home. <laughs> I had to drive home. And while I was driving home, I was praying to God and telling him, like like, cursing God. He said, I was cursing at God saying why have you let me be here why have you let me do this why is this happening to me and he he heard you know well, what, what would this been like six years ago and he realized you know what i've come he's like six years ago i would have been you know masturbating and he's like at that moment he realized wait okay i have come away i have some freedom because that's what he was arguing he's like i don't have freedom i'm tired of this man I become like a slave to this and, yeah and he is like man i five years ago i was that slave and now i'm realizing i'm not that slave i have freedom because god showed me my freedom and you know because i prayed to him really is why i realize i have that freedom because i'm praying right now and if i wouldn't have prayed right now if i wouldn't have came to that reflection even though it took him two times i wouldn't have been able to come to my home my house and tell my wife i love her you know, and that's what he did. He he went home, told his wife, I love you. I have a porn, porn addiction, and it, it's hurting me. And, and then he said a week later, it came in his mind again, and he realized he got to smile because he realized, you know, I love my wife more than that. That doesn't have hold over me. And I think that's what we live in, not just in, like, pornography, but in everything this why mental health to me is, yeah. is a thing because we – Feel that we're enslaved to these things yeah. in a sense. Maybe not like in a like maybe not in the whole whole time, you know. Yeah. But in those moments, uh, especially with the suicide rate, especially with these active shooters,
0: clearly, like the need to get away, like to commit suicide to leave, it means that clearly you feel enslaved to something that you can't. There's no other option. Yeah. There's no way out. That's what, Yeah, you're yeah. right, man. That's, that's heavy conf- shit. That's,
1: I felt enslaved to pain, and I still am in pain. Uh, but you know, I realized that I could pray. I realized that this is a momentary thing
0: i'm enslaved to fear a lot fear, yeah, that's, that's fear why of I... not being what i need to be mm-hmm. fear of things not getting to the, the point they need to by the by the the right time that they need to be like you know yes. like the dude like the little rabbit from alice in wonderland you know, i'm late i'm late like i'm like i'm running around thinking that i'm gonna miss the opportunity and then i'm like paying attention to a totally different opportunity
1: mm-hmm. you know yeah that's how i was in the military a lot man because everything's uh, time oriented uh-huh. and they may get, like, the end of the world when <laughs> when you don't get there on time. Uh-huh. And I was always late to things growing up, so... Uh-huh. And I think that's why I don't... I try really hard not to focus on those things, too, um, because I will overthink it. Mm-hmm. I will... I don't like saying I have fear. It's not really that I'm feared. It's, I guess it is that I'm feared, but... it's well, I think we like all not,
0: are enslaved to fear on a, on a societal level or whatever, especially anyone who watches the news or whatever. Like, we, we clearly... You can watch way, people yeah. literally tweet or talk about the things that they heard about through some source that uh-huh. happened. Maybe not even today, but since it was amplified across the nation, everyone at some point is talking about it that day. You know, that's a little different yeah. though. But we see that a lot.
1: Well, maybe that's I, I don't watch news. It's to me, it brought more anger than fear. Mm-hmm. I would get mad because I'm like, this story doesn't add up. This story doesn't add up. I'm like I could hear this other story, the other side of the story. You know, from Russia's side point, and I'm like, oh, Russia. Not talking about this thing, what's going on with Russia, but, like, Russia's made a good point. They're not really doing that. Or a, a good case in point that I have that it exemplifies all of it is uh, 2016 uh, U.S. talks about going to war with Russia on the news all over the place, showing trains and stuff. My unit's the unit they're talking about. My unit, the, those guys were in Germany and doing some reconnaissance and doing training, so I know exactly what's going on. And they're saying, we're going to go to war with Russia. I'm like, dude, I know exactly what's going on. That's not true at all. And those trains that you saw, was their gear that they had to send?
0: Wow, that's some heavy (laughs) shit. What's even crazier about what you said is that it's too bad you couldn't have went to the media and literally said this. But you can't because you're in the military. Oh, yeah,
1: I couldn't. So literally, you'd
0: be like a traitor. You'd be like talking about treason, even though the media source is lying about what activity is actually happening to create a narrative. You would be actually put in prison and shit and shut down oh, yeah, for speaking out uh, while you're in the active military, saying that no, actually what they're doing is just some training missions and shit. Yeah. That's not at all.
1: Well, doing. the thing was too, I didn't even see. But how do you know? How do I, we
0: even? Know? I didn't, I didn't who's even making see that those calls, news report buddy, either. Yeah. My
1: my buddy showed me the news report. Mm-hmm. Like I was, because like, I was already not watching the news. But who's we making... actually got told not to watch the news as soldiers? Oh, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> I'm sure too because you probably get frustrated at like uh, not knowing what the truth is and you have to follow orders so Mm -hmm. why would you really fantasize about them making you follow orders that are incorrect Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. I could only imagine that anyone would just not want to get off the couch and and go to battle they'd be like fuck I don't know who's telling the truth now
1: well I you, you said who's really behind it. In, in my mind, I really think it's it's the devil's behind all this, man. It really Yeah, is. like, so in the Pentagon. Because he's the father. In the Pentagon,
0: well, they're, like, right there going, oh, you know.
1: Not in that sense, man. Not like there's this actual insanity no, in this. there where they're, you know, doing this. But you said that one time that kind of shit there is, there, right? I do believe in the occult, and I believe uh, that it came from the inception of our country. And I think our, a lot of historians... I I can't say I know everything on this and I you know, this is my own opinion, but I think there is enough evidence that could point to it that our our history did not was not founded on these godly fathers, especially if you look at George Washington. After he died there's this mural in the Washington monument of him depicted as God. <laughs> it's like wait, how's this man a godly person? If this is how he planned you know and if this is but how he was the country also a planned. dualist right like he was yeah, in no, dualism he was, he and was. shit but then there's other people that you know they they use quotes like uh, thomas jefferson they use um, but he had like his own bible that he he believed in and like wrote in and it would have been heresy back in the day to to be considered like the actual bible cuz he didn't believe in every aspect of god and right and so it's like okay um, but But to me, I I believe it because there's things in the Bible that tell us about how the rulers of, like Tyre, for instance, there's a lamentation against uh, the king of Tyre. And if it's the actual king of Tyre, it wouldn't have made sense because it talks about how the the king of Tyre was uh, there in heaven. And it's like, wait, that doesn't make sense. And how he's been there since the Garden of Eden. It's like, wait, that doesn't make sense either. And so I, I believe there's some, you know, some whispers in their minds from some entities that are telling them, hey, look, you should do this, you should do that, and they're listening to it as their own thought. And I, I believe that's what we do to ourselves too when we get in those ruts. We're like, man, I just can't get anything. I can't do this. I can't do that. And it's like, dude, that's not, to me, from a biblical standpoint, that's the enemy trying to get into us because we know because God tells us who we are. Straight straight up through the Bible, he tells us we're loved. He tells us we're his son. We've been called in. We're set apart. We're righteous. We are given a crown of life if we live through him. You know, we're gonna but we're gonna experience persecution. We're gonna experience troubles when we talk about his name. We're gonna do all that. So, so it's not gonna be easy for us. And he says it's actually gonna be harder for us because the gate, the pathway is narrow. The gate is narrow, and mm-hmm. it, it's a difficult path. Few will find it. And so we know that it's going to be difficult as Christians, and look at how Christians are treated today. It's super difficult. Uh, and so to me, that that puts a lot of ease in my mind. So fear is not a, a huge part of it, but when I look at myself, then I become fearful. But when I look at who I'm called to be with, who has set me apart, who has giving me these wondrous names that I was calling myself the opposite of just five minutes ago, you know? And, and you know, then I realized, you know, there is some peace in my life, but that just strives me to want to be better and want to care for more people and to just help is really what is really what I feel. And it's crazy because, you know, I've had this love relationship with God, but just walked away at other points in my life because selfishness arose.
0: Yeah. And I mean, hey, like uh, in the past, there there were cultures that would like create a God for the sin that they knew they were going to commit anyways. Right. Wasn't that popular in like Roman culture? Like where they create like this deity like idea for like orgies or whatever, because they were just keep fucking everybody anyways. So they're like, well, if we're just going to keep doing it and we're sinners, we need to like, you know. Well, make a god that's that's uh, responsible for making us do that right and like maybe. how earlier you were talking about um George Washington and stuff and how he in in the in the Washington monument which i've never been to but i i believe you cuz I've never I, been to it, you but know, I've
1: seen... I have seen. I get you. Pictures. I've not looked it up, but I mean, like, I believe you. Just seeing you. the picture, you're like, man... But him being like different.
0: God, I mean, he's on the dollar bill and God we trust, all these things, all these uh, factors, but also he was a deistic person, right? Yeah. Him and all those dudes at the beginning, they were deistic, which they believed there was not necessarily a God that was still watching and waiting. It was that it was created, bloop, and then God was gone. Like, we're in a Petri dish, and this is just one of the Petri dishes. And so maybe to him, in his weird head after he gained so much power and became like this basically godhead of the new nation, he probably literally low-key felt like he was god in man form. Mm-hmm. Like from this deistic point of view. So like his entire world view and lens was through a different point of view, right? Yeah. Enough so to where, like you said, they started thinking of this occult way to maintain power well, they were, and control.
1: They were a secret society just, just right off the bat of our country. was a secret society. They were the Freemasons. Yeah. <laughs> and the... And so, like, right off the bat, they already were out there in their thought process ways and ways and doing things. They were, I mean, that's why we founded this, you know, from freedom from the monarchy. But in a way, it wasn't really freedom. It was just like, look, I want to do my own thing, you know, but I kind of want to keep most of what you have already <laughs> because I liked having that mm-hmm. uh, status, you know. And so, but I just want to give a different way of it. I, but I don't know. I'm not big into politics, man. Yeah, <laughs> um, I just, no, just I do like, like history though. I do yeah, like I'm history, just saying so. like that.
0: Uh, it's interesting how there's a slew of other characters in history mm-hmm. that, because of their world lens, they have a, they have a totally different trajectory. Let alone uh, mm-hmm. the way that they feel they were depicted. That other things are depicted in our society, mm-hmm. and like how like now our world lens is the iPhone. I mean, literally, like it's it really the lens is. we literally look through yeah. pretty much, and we see so many things, right? And it's almost like it's it's too good to be true, almost. It doesn't make sense. It's like, are we living in a partial fantasy now? You know, yeah. Because we've come this far with it. Most of the time we're sitting there and we, we're totally tuned out of that we're actually sitting here and talking and doing mm-hmm. things or someone's Connect. talking to you or whatever because you're just so absorbed into the black screen looking through the world lens. And then over time, we look at it like we're connected, especially through TikTok. Over the last couple of years specifically, we know that TikTok, like, made this community of people feeling like they're connected to Russia, like, uh, Ukrainians,
1: Is that how it is? all of a sudden. I, I've fallen away like, from
0: Like, they're TikTok. like, we stand with Ukraine. No, I'm just saying, and, and, oh, and rightfully so, maybe, because some people need some support or whatever, but, like, on TikTok, acting like, we're on the ground, this is what's happening in Ukraine. They'll make a video, like, they're oh, okay. a newscaster, a things, but it's like, bitch, yeah. you weren't there. You got that from some fucking other thing. Uh-huh, okay. I don't know where that footage was from. Uh-huh. I want to trust you, but I don't know. And it also seems really convenient for you to just, like, make this clip, like so i can be entertained and and the worst part is that all these real possible tragedies at foot they're just entertainment
1: for mm-hmm. us now for we like, like the mr beast of our life mr right. beast i don't know if you know like you i've can, heard of him yeah he, he's <laughs> he may do great things and you know give out millions of dollars and stuff but it's all for content man and when and you, i mean
0: hey we all want a little entertainment in our life i guess just in general like we like to have fun i mean that's always been a human trait kind of like you know they go to the gladiator stage or whatever like there's speaking there's a thing.
1: very western culture though that's yeah not always been what that's not always the eastern culture man true it's not that's not how they did things they were very you know honor system like the the um japanese people were very honor system chinese people i mean that's the whole point of milan was that her dad wanted to take that step? And even though he couldn't fight, it was for honor. yeah and and the western side is very individualistic. and they're all I want entertainment. I mean, we didn't start seeing that until the Romans and the Greeks,
0: and now we're hella down this path to where well, like now still, we have this incredible entertainment in like at our fingerprints and I mean our fingertips and stuff. But it's interesting because what is the fate of all that? I mean, no one really could know exactly, I guess, right. But like the fate of having, um, entertainment almost become uh, desensitizing now to where we're not even really like satisfied with all the entertaining because you keep scrolling. You'll scroll to the next video. That could be the funniest video you've ever seen. And you'll mm-hmm. say, the funniest shit I've ever seen, bro. Oh, oh, dude, look at this video. Oh, and then you scroll on to the next one. And That's then you're, terrible. oh, this is crazy. You're absorbed, fully immersed into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a point I feel like where that becomes where we're bored with it. You know, you know I've already no, no. seen it all. You know, and and I don't know what that kind of world looks like. Maybe that's what the world of school shooters looks like, because <laughs> they start not realizing the yeah. reality or I was say, the that's connectivity. That's the world
1: you're living in right now, Tyler. Yeah, because I, I feel that sometimes too. I mean, that's that's why I become selfish because I feel like sometimes I'm bored with religion, which is a, tough for me to even say. Uh, it hurts my heart a little, man. Well, you'll never get
0: bored of God and your connection. Well, I
1: do. That's the thing. That's what I mean by it. But
0: religion, I feel like, is like you could be looking at it like you're banging your head into a board, but with well, your connection, it, me, it's always there. To bro. me, religion you
1: know that. Is, is that relationship with God. That that's just religion. That's how I call it, because it is, man. That's what it is. You can you can say you're it, bound to God. Because um, yeah, religio like means to bind. Yeah. Right? So to me, that that's religion. I know there's a lot of people that don't like using the word religion, and I, you know, kudos to you, man. You don't, you don't like using it. it's fine. I, I I don't have a problem. But to me. I'm always going to use that word. It, and, yes, it is a relationship with God. But, you know, sometimes I'm like, you know, I really feel this God. And I'll just not listen to him. And I know it's bad. I know it's not good for me. And that's that's why I'm going through recovery.
0: Bro, they'll probably be one of them school shooters, bro, that's like God told. I mean, we've heard of this, but, like, God told me. And they're going to think that they were on the right page. It's impossible for God and to And it's going to make back. all the people that pray look bad now. The narrative mm-hmm. will shift, bro. I'm telling you. Nah. And that's
1: fine, dude. That's fine. There's false prophets. Yeah. There's false prophets back in the day too, yeah. and there's false prophets today. There's yeah. all these LGBTQ preachers, man, that say God was gay. <laughs> not once, <laughs> not once does it God say that. would get on his knees and like they, <laughs> just tell a story. Well, they say that he was in love with John because John oh. is called the loved one.
0: Hey John, but John only was said, the loved one. But I mean, John, John only like... said that
1: because he, there was a persecution going on, and if he said his name, his brother was the one that died first, was the first martyr for Jesus. He was he was James, so you can understand why he hid his name for a while because he knew that if he used his name in the writing, they would find him. He, they just killed his brother. Yeah. Um. So yeah. you can understand that man, and so and so they they twist the words and then they say the Bible's inerr or not inerrant. There's you know errors in it. The Roman. Catholic Church came in and changed the Bible. And, well, there's some truth to that, especially no, going from language to language. No, no there for truth. sure is. No because, truth. like,
0: from going from Hebrew to there's anything no is truth. like, what?
1: There's no truth in it. You know what I mean? There's no truth in it. If you look at the Dead Sea Scrolls now, uh-huh. which were found right before the uh, inception of... Oh, don't, even know.
0: don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> That'll be funny. <laughs> uh, but if you look at the Dead Sea Scrolls, they were found 300 B.C., and you look at the scroll of Isaiah was found almost in its entirety, which is a rarity. Because usually when we find manuscripts, they're like these pieces like this that have like maybe five verses,
2: mm-hmm. you know.
1: And But we found almost the entirety of Isaiah in its entirety. And you look at it word for word for what we have today, and it's the same. You know, there'll, there'll be some uh like... Translate, not translations. What was was the word?
0: Transliterations.
1: There will be some like different like the name wordage. of God,
0: like the name of God being pronounced in a totally different dialect and language. Well, you can say that transliteration but, is but why the, the Lord came into place and stuff. God the right, it's mean, like a placeholder yeah, but, for like the but, name but, of God that it was in, in, a in a sense, the original yes. language yeah. that probably didn't well, have a the, specific tetragrammaton uh, letter he, but he, his like, name
1: yeah. is is an unspoken name we mm-hmm. don't know how to pronounce it it's the tetragrammaton yahweh yeah know? yeah and, right and so we don't know how to pronounce it so it translates to many names he has many names i forget how many names we, we went over a few of them you know and Jira. that's a common song if you ever listen to uh any christian radio gyra that means the the provider, the one that keeps us together, you know, and there's many, many different names for him, but he calls himself a lot of those names too. And, but if you look at the translation from then to now, there's nothing that's changed in the translation. There's nothing. Now the words, you know, are used different, but the meaning of the words are the same. You know, it says, hey, you know, there's this one, um, Isaiah 53 which is very important that it was in the Dead Sea Scrolls uh, because Isaiah 53 is one that is argued by Jewish scholars today that it can't be, there had to be two Isaiahs that wrote it because how does Isaiah talk about himself being martyred and being killed and to realize it's a hard hard thing for uh, Orthodox Jewish people because that's actually talking about the moment of Christ dying on the cross and they didn't accept him. So for them to be like, oh, we kind of, they kind of reject that whole book, that whole chapter being written. Uh, and so that was even in there and it, there's no difference. So it proves right there, just just one thing that proves that the the Bible is, is the same as it was back then as it is today. There has been no difference. If you look at Greek scholars today that take the Greek manuscripts that we do have, written in 300 A.D. that we have, uh, they're the same translation. If you translate it to today, you know. Uh, so the, there is no errancy in the Bible. The people that say that are are not willing to accept the evidence that is given to them, uh, and it's almost factual that it. You know, it, you go to scholars and they'll say it's the same. Now there may be some like, like I said, different uses of words because it's hard to translate this word like. The word love, for instance, there's five different words for love in the Greek. That's what I meant
0: about the word transliterate. Because it's not necessarily a translation. And I feel like I get that a lot with Spanish as I try to correlate my English background into like speaking Spanish. Often I find Mm -hmm. myself realizing like it's not direct, it's not so much as easy as just saying like, I am Mm -hmm. uh, happy. It's like, you know, a lot of
1: it's backwards. Yeah. You know,
0: know, felicidad, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. and you would you would put things totally different and therefore it's translated but it's transliterated if you really want to break it down that's the transliteration right uh-huh. and that's i feel like what you're talking about because like love could have meant a few different things well, they had, right like, it could be a different word meaning this 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 thing that comes over you that you feel this great connectivity mm-hmm. it could mean that it could mean uh that they made love like you know it sounds weird but like some of these different transliterations could mean different ways of The use of the term, Mm -hmm. right? And we're talking from a long time ago, too, where humans were different. Humans spoke different. You know, humans uh, had different clothes and and different ways of, like, carrying out tasks with maybe less refined tools and -hmm. and all this stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, like...
0: uh, So, like, to get it exact has been a journey. And a lot of people have been working hard to do that for a long time. Mm -hmm. But there are probably some parts that are, like, not necessarily wrong like where someone took it and fucked with it uh-huh. it's just there there was this inevitability of when it's being transliterated that some words were going to run with this version of what this what they meant by this
1: you know yeah i think there's because there's imagine ones.
0: scholars even today which we'd like to say that we hold them higher to like a higher level of uh-huh. uh, knowledge and understanding because we have doctorates and masters and all uh-huh. stuff right but i mean gosh back then those scholars respond. were were they really that good like i don't know or were they better
1: well, they don't right. back then. Some of them, I mean, because they were like monks. And there's, shit, cases, there's cases. There's cases from that you could say they're better, and that they were they're better now. Either way, but back then they had re, the resources. You know, they had certain things that we can't find today. Until the dead screens, dead scrolls were found. Hmm. Until the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, we couldn't really go back to the King James Version and do uh, like he did in 1611 and like do a full search because they found proper ones that we don't have access to anymore of the manuscripts, until we got to, uh, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls being found in uh, 1946, and or was it 47? But the year before Israel was uh, conceived as a nation, they found the scrolls, and uh, they were like, oh, this, you know, shows the, the inerrancy of the Bible right here in plain as day, and now that's something that we could lift off our chest. I mean, there's also another, there's also a bunch of other things because all the prophecies that came true in the Bible, right there, just, just by that, you're like, okay. And just the, the prophecies that came true about a man named Jesus that came from Nazareth during the same time that was a Jewish man. The, the fact there's like 50 prophecies that he had to fulfill and we can prove today it would be hard pressed to, to solidly agree today that Jesus didn't even exist. There's proof that Jesus existed during the time that the Bible talks about and did certain things that the Bible talks about. There's proof in that. Yeah. And it's almost impossible to ignore it. Um, so so to say that the Bible is, uh, you know, has error and has been misconstrued and stuff is kind of a you're just not willing to accept what the Bible says because it scares you. It doesn't go with what the way you think is. But the Bible hasn't changed, and really, it becomes a faith thing. Do you believe it or do you not? Like, and a lot of people at first won't believe it or will believe it because their parents, and then fall away, mm-hmm. or stuff like that. Or and but when you actually read it and then you look at history and then you look at what has happened, and you're like, wow, these things really did happen. These there's evidence of it. There's archaeological finds of it. You know, I'm just saying the two, you know, major things that have happened. There's right. many, many, many other ones. Like one just happened in 1986, finding the Silver Scroll, and it was like another priestly scroll that was found. And, you know. Oh, it was the Book of Enoch, right? That's the no, one. No no no, 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 no. That's not. No, all these, uh, to me, all these, uh, shoot, apocrypha books, you can't believe in because they don't line up with the rest of the Scripture. That's why they weren't taken in in the first place during the Council of Nicaea, I think it was like 300 A.D. Uh-huh. And that, that's where you kind of had the first council to accept the books of the Bible, which ones were the books of the Bible. And they had very tight criteria. You know, it had to be written in the first century A.D. It had to be written by people who actually experienced them. It had to be, you know, consistent with God's with the rest of God's Word because at that time it was proof that The Jewish Bible is true. There's no arguing it. It was whether you want to believe in them or not. And that's what we're in today now. I think we have enough evidence. We have enough proof. We have enough technology to show that we have enough proof. And it's just – it's really just coming down to – And we just want to go to
0: space. We just want to fucking
1: do this other random stuff, you know. Yeah, well, it's, it's – that's human-centric at that point.
0: We got to mandate electric vehicles. That's what we got to do. <laughs> we don't need to right? worry about God and our standing with our spirit, you know. We need to be hipster, you know. That's what I see our culture kind of really eating up. But it's crazy because we come from a world where we definitely used to only be fed by the hand of God like people really believed.
1: That. I mean, we're one nation under God. And I think like
0: God. now like it's not just like the Christian folk. I'm sorry, I'm talking about like every religion whatever they whatever someone comes from it used to be more connected to that being fed by the hand of God. And now it's almost like uh even even different cultures like people from the middle east you know mm. they they fall away from their culture too and their religion mm-hmm. and the, and the quran and all oh, that america you know slowly because america, america feeds this america
1: uh, canada england all these first world countries give you an out they give you a place to go and not have to worry about persecution from yeah. anyone around you. you yeah, know? it's fuck island and out here. really, it's yeah. become this Sodom and Gomorrah yeah. where yeah. there's this lawlessness Yeah, this happening. hellhole,
0: this sin city like Las Vegas. Yeah, like,
1: you know. I mean, they, they call it that for yeah. a
0: reason. I've never been there, but I'm like, yo, I don't know if I want to go there because the vibe's right there. would will be weird. <laughs> I'll be like walking around going, damn, bro, like, is that a demon? Like, no, nah, I don't know. But yeah. seriously, uh, Loki, be like because it's streets, weird. Man. Uh, I don't like walking in Fresno either. I'll tell you what, though, son. Like, you definitely think you see some actual demons out there and they're just people tweaking hard but they might be literally like a demon in mode in demon guys. mode because bro they're tripping they'll say that too they'll say that a demon's got them you know I've heard all those stories from yeah, meth talk, guys a lot of meth guys they have not breaks nothing. from reality yeah. dude. like they trip out yeah, you know? and they're like permanently like that I talked to this lady at the hardware store today I don't think they're
1: permanently. They and she told me about right her
0: thing. you know because I was talking about something and then somehow suicide came up and she told me that her brother and her son committed suicide I was like, what? I didn't know what to say to her. Then she started telling me more about how her son, he, like, started getting into meth somehow when he was a teenager uh-huh. and was having, like, bipolar episodes. Mm-hmm. Slowly got off the meth. Was f- Like, his brain was permanently, like, damaged from smoking too much dope, like, in a short amount of time or something, <laughs> like you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, has, like, a break one day, lights himself on fire with gasoline in front of her, you know? And she had to, like see that and not know what to do and she was explaining to me how it was like it wasn't him anymore though like so she mm-hmm. doesn't really like be like oh he hated his life that much it was more like he just had a snap moment where he was no longer himself yeah. and was just ready yeah.
1: to take himself out The you hey know? demons are real, man uh if you he look went back, up in flames bro. if you look back on them they believed in demons hardcore that was the thing that people can be possessed man they they can be possessed yeah and so that's one reason why jesus was not accepted. Because he went and, and helped the people that had demons and freaked yeah. everyone out because yeah. no one had that authority because he was God. So no one could have that authority other than God. And so they were freaked out. And even if they didn't believe in the religion, they all they all thought only God's could do this. Right. And so when a man came up to them, like a true man came up to them and was like, "Hey, you know, and healing people, casting out demons." it freaked a lot of people out and the jewish people knew he was god and that's what scripture says through and through that they knew he was god but they weren't willing to change their ways to accommodate him and so i think we see that a lot today in like you said you go down and you see people who have like feel look like demons man i mean i've had trips too man i remember taking spice you know I was super into doing psychedelics. Well, I guess I consider marijuana a psychedelic. Yeah, I think I I, I do too, bro. Well, a lot of people don't, man. I know. It's so medical. I was like, dude, that messes with all the chemicals in your brain. And at points, I've seen other worlds that I could not describe without it. And it's like clear as day that there had to be something out there. And I've taken Spice, man, and I've come out of my body and thought I was a demon and just was overwhelmed. And so I could see where people come from. And I've talked to people where they've said that demons are over them and haunting them and they could feel their presence. And then I feel their presence. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you need to pray to God right now because that's not a good presence. Yeah, and also their (laughs) mental
0: health is in the shitter. Like when 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 you're at that level, like it's like oh no. Like I'm very Uh grateful that like dude, I get sad and shit sometimes, but like don't really have psychotic break from reality. Like you know that's not a thing. Like really, but man, I've been sad and I've had these other things that I consider like a problem, the demons. Like, you well, know, to get me, that, me down, that I, I think hang we on see to. the real
1: reality when we have a psychotic break. Because this isn't reality. If it was, then we would be internal. Eternal. Because we have the breath of God in us as a creation that's of God. That's some goddy shit. As a creation of God, we have the breath of God. We will live forever. You know, and so I think when we see that, and that's what he says, man. You couldn't even over handle, as you are right now, who I truly am. Couldn't even handle it. You would you know, die. And that's why a lot of people think that Paul went, had eye problems because he saw Jesus almost in his entirety and went blind. Uh, and so I think we disregard it because once again, the existential crisis, but we also regard it because of the movies, The Matrix and all these other world, uh-huh. other movies that we look now, dude, and it's like, we're just a shell. And, and if you look at science too, it almost points that we're just a shell. Because this world should be divisible if it's, you know, uh, ever going world, but it's not, (laughs) you know, it never, it's infinite and, you know, you can't divide it completely at a point you you have no more division. You know, we can't explain how we even take a step. Uh, (laughs) We can't explain time. We can't explain all this. So obviously it points to that there's someone outside of this world that created this world, so it points to a god and it's really hard nowadays i think with the scientific evidence to disprove that a god exists it's really hard and and so i to me that's just more evidence that you know there is one god and it's the one of the bible so to me that that's enough i mean (laughs) but uh i've had personal experiences too that's enough uh for me and um so to me it's it's impossible not to see it and that's why my world view is so I say skewed because even people that I've met in churches don't really fully believe everything and maybe there's some bias in my mind because I also was somehow believing that evolution and God could exist in the same world and it's impossible because they speak two different languages or they tell two different stories I should say uh, and so so I think that is where we have a lot of problem because we're all searching for answers right now. And we just can't come to an agreement. Whether we look at science, whether we look at self, whether we look at outside environments, we, we're struggling with it. And I think that's why we have such a mental health problem today. I mean, these guys that are going out, I mean, I, th- I always think back to the Columbine shooting. For some reason, I was, like, really captivated by that as a kid. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think because I always wanted to be in the military. I always wanted to be a cop. And so seeing something like that in its true nature. And I grew up watching a bunch of uh, horror films and uh, documentaries about mass murderers and stuff like that. Uh, so to me, it was something to understand more. And you hear their their conversation in there. You know they, they knew what they were doing. They had a plan, and I think almost all these shooters do. I mean, wherever you wherever you are, either they have a plan or they're acting out in total anger because they don't understand what's going on in their life.
0: Yeah,
1: I kind of agree. There's too much ammo am-
0: ammunition. Uh, yeah, yeah, metaphorically. Mm-hmm. Um, in our society there's just too much ammunition to pump people up to make them disoriented, disgruntled, mad, that moral unhappy, like you said, you know, kind of afraid, ready to take other people out, take them mm-hmm. down with you. Yeah, it's like a like a snapping type of thing. Yeah, it's it's too much pressure. I felt like that growing up, I felt like there was too much pressure, but I don't know. I just thought I was crazy because everyone else was like, "Yeah, that's how it's supposed to be." But I'm like, "I don't know, man." Now you can see there's even more pressure somehow on the youth coming up, and then also the adults in life. Like, I know, financially, we'll all these other factors. It's like, holy shit, some well, pressure. Think about the
1: stress you're dealing with, how yeah. you don't understand what to do, uh-huh. and now you got to raise a kid. Right. And you, you're going to experience this. And little so, helpless you, baby's like,
0: Eddie, tell me what
1: well, to do. that it's not just the helpless baby. I mean, most of these people, you know, they, you know, like you said, the youth today are struggling. Well, how old is the youth? They're like 10, 12, so... These people have gone 10, 12 years not knowing how to deal with this 1520 if you count. And here them. I am and now I have this 10 year old that I have to deal with and uh-huh. I don't know how to deal with you uh-huh. because I haven't dealt with myself yet. you know I I'm stressing so I'm gonna put all that stress onto you and now you're gonna have to deal with it and you're at a stage where mom and dad can't do wrong. So even though they're stressing, even though there's errancies in what their thought is, and I could see them if I take a step back and realize, oh, man, why, why did mom react that way? Why did she get mad because this person pulled out in front of her? Why did she get mad at dad because he didn't do this? But, you know, whenever you get challenged to choose against your parent, you're like, no, I choose my parent. And so that causes you to think like your parent, even though there's errancies. So now you develop those errancies. And oh, for now sure. you're stressing, you think the world's out to get you, you think that you're in this environment where you can't, you know, have things. And sadly, you know, you'll you'll see those, you know, sometimes in a confirmation bias and sometimes just in reality, that you'll see something bad happen to you. You're on the bus. Someone tries to handle you in a in a way, and now you're like, Oh, that thing that my mom said a year ago, that that's a problem. Even though it could really be a problem, but at sometimes it could be a confirmation bias, you know, and so you have those problems in your life, and you know you gotta you gotta you gotta take it. That's why it's a really important to take a step back. What's really going on? You know, what's the coming in? What's going out? What can I control? What can I control? Um, you know, that situational awareness, and I, I thank the military a lot for that, man, because. I had some of that going into the military just from sports, man, you know, football, uh, basketball, and you know, in tennis especially, man, just yeah. the constant back and forth of knowing where am I, what position am I in, you know, and being able to, but the military was like being able to implement that into your actions and into your your daily thing. But you know, there's still struggle with it if you are going in in alone. And I think a lot of people are, man. We're in this social media age where I'm sure you could verify people text and, you know, you see it and then you're like, ah, oh, crap. You know, I, I, I'm busy right now. I can't text this. I'll text them later. Two days go by. Yep. Oh, shoot. A week goes by. You yeah. Know? And these are those people that are, you know, that moment they were crying out for help and they needed a, a lifeline. And so you know, they turn to themselves and their selves in that moment is not a reasonable source of information, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure a lot of them could attest to that if they're willing to admit it. And that's that's the whole thing of the recovery program, man, is just it's it's helped me realize my problem. And, you know, anger is a lot of it, too, for me, because uh, I grew up in a household that yelled a lot and fought a lot. And then I grew up in a society that fought a lot, that yelled a lot, <laughs> and it was very competitive, um, and so it's, you know, it. you have to admit it, man. That's really what it is. First step is admitting. And it really is because if you don't admit it, you become ignorant and causes problems to happen, man. If your gas, gas light's coming on. For sure. You should probably go get gas. If you don't, you're going to be on the side of the road <laughs> walking and having some bad times, man. You know, you, yeah. you put yourself in more sticky situations. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's also really important to have that tight-knit group around you because when you're feeling down, you don't have to rely on just one person. You can go call two other people on top of that and, you know, you know, you have that people. But a lot, I think because of the social media age we're in, we don't have that anymore. It's very, uh, it's very, what what's, you know, fake you know, face level. It's not it's not really Yeah, everything's a face value only. Yeah, man. face value, yeah. yeah. Uh the phones are the uh
0: extension of the cold hand of society. Right. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah. My dad said that years ago when I was like a teenager. <laughs> I swear. And now he's like, remember you said? I'm like, yeah, dude, I remember <laughs> Nah, I told him that and he's like, Yeah, I did say that. Fuck uh, like, you know I'm like, yeah. No, but yeah, I feel like what what Ryan's saying here, folks, is like you gotta get some symbiosis now. Like you gotta like go out and make sure you find your groups. Make sure you do yeah. things. You're there for each other. You make the phone call. You make the text. You know, maybe not too much, but yeah. definitely be there. You don't all have to
1: agree either, I man. you don't all have to agree either. Right? There's always those topics yeah. that
0: maybe is, it, at the moment too it may not agree, yeah. and that's okay, dude. Like that's that's not what we're saying here. We're saying you gotta get together somehow. Some make sure that you're not alone. You know, it's not worth. Um,
1: Isolation is yeah. terrible. It's man.
0: not worth taking your life. It's not worth um, taking your 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 situation around you and making it worse. Like you know, it's not mm. worth it. Mm-mm. We gotta kind of be there for each other and uh, help each other find our path back to where we're called. You know. Yeah, we gotta. Get we may not all time. have the answers for each other, but we like can help nudge each other in in a better direction or mm-hmm. back on the path or whatever. Right, you know
1: yeah and one of my favorite words from the greek that i've learned is agape which is one of the translations for love and it's a self-sacrificing love and it's one of the most used words from jesus and it's you know willing to put your life down so that way another's life can be bettered No, yeah. and it's for me it's it's one of my favorites because i'm a very selfish person because of the way i grew up and didn't ever feel like i had my time and so now i try to take my time it's terrible <laughs> but but uh, i feel a lot of people are like that and so i try to give out as much as i can you know and it's not giving the whole world man it's giving your whole world yeah you know just whatever you have give to another you don't have to <laughs> agree with them and everything man i like i said i i go out and i i talk to people that are on the streets man i don't Give them whatever I can, you know. I don't agree with everything they say. Someone says I'm a god, and I'm like I don't agree with you, but you know, let's talk about it, you know. <laughs> or you know, how'd you get in this situation? Because I easily could have been in that situation as a kid if I didn't have great grandparents. I mean, my mom was a single mom, drug addict, and I easily could have been on the streets. And that, when I was a kid before my grandparents, I was on the, <laughs> I was moving house to house, living with people that I shouldn't be living with living in areas i shouldn't be living in because we had to make ends meet and so i just have this huge soft part soft spot in my heart for you know these people that need some help and need just the communication and i think the whole world needs that right now we need just people that are willing to talk and like truly care to talk not like hey what's up you know,
0: <laughs> mm. and not everyone is that vessel. One. Not everyone can be that. There's some that take that uh, that role on more heavily. Yeah, and then there's those others that need that. You know, uh-huh. it's kind of interesting, right? Yeah. But even those that become that shoulder to cry on, whatever you want to call it, that's burdening for them too, and they need to make sure yeah. that they're watching their own load as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, what they can you take. Totally agree. Don't
1: you know? go. That's why I said, give what you can. Right. Not give all you yeah. have. You know? Yeah.
0: Anyone that knows what we're talking about has been there and seen that and how well that works out. Mm -hmm.
1: It's it's, Yeah, because that'll lead down. I mean, the most happiest people are are the ones that look the most happiest are the ones that usually commit suicide. I mean, think of Robin Williams is a great example of it because man try to make everyone happy out of (laughs) them.
0: Dang, Lila, you just cut one.
1: (laughs) Dude, I got to eat something. What else do you want to say? You're good, man. I think we had a great time. Um, I think so. Just go out, you know, go out and... Care for the family member that you don't talk to anymore, man. Care for the friend that you haven't messaged in a long time, man. Um, you know, loss can happen quickly. That's not talking about suicide either. Um, yeah, it, we could you just know, go,
0: like, get in a car crash. It yeah, could just happen I mean, right now. Yeah, dude. I, lo- like, I lost my
1: brother at a y- young age to a motorcycle accident. So I, to me, you know, that person in your life that you've cared about could be gone the next day. And, you know, it might be hard, hard for you to see it today, but maybe in a week from now, you'll see it and you'll be like, crap, I need to call that guy or I need to call her or I need to call my mom or I need to call my dad. Um, and I need to call my grandparents, man. I mean, my grandparents are getting old. I feel that sometimes, man.
0: Especially since we can,
1: too. Like, we just pick up the phone real quick and bling, bling. But yeah, uh, can, go, go visit them, too, man. Yeah. Sometimes stopping by at someone's house, unexpected, is a great thing for their lives. Um, mm mm-hmm. My, my thing is always pray, man. I've been shocked at how much God has answered my prayers in ways that are told me, like, hey, go, don't take out the trash today. And then the trash can's outside. And I'm like, oh, I totally forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Just in the little ways, dude. But, yeah. you know, having that relationship with God, with people around you, too, I mean. You get phone calls in random times when you're struggling. Sometimes I'm sure you've had it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, out know. I have, bro. <laughs> you're just like, oh, did you call me? I was just thinking about you. Or it's like, oh, man, I really needed to hear that word right now. Yeah. And so just reach out to those people that you love. And if you have anyone next to them, just tell them you love them. Because, you know, they're your world too. And, you know, you got to make their world better, not just your own.
0: Thank you, Ryan. You're the fucking man, bro. I hella appreciate you coming on. Listener, the show would be nothing without you. You know this. It wouldn't be able to make it to the stage that it is without your ears. So thank you so much for tuning in. Obviously, I'm not begging. I'm just saying. Go ahead out there and like, share, subscribe. Tell the people about symbiosis now because we need to establish that now. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that the episodes to come are going to be as exciting as the ones that have gone. I hope that we can have a lot more cool guests in here as we zone in on trying to find our way in this crazy world. It has been a blast. This is Tyler Colombero signing off for this episode, and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the Symbiosis Now podcast.